0: Barnes, yeah. high. It's a deep. It's- All right, before we get rolling with the just baseball show on thursday may 5th cinco de mayo dude cinco de mayo
1: came out of absolutely nowhere we had may the 4th yesterday cinco de mayo today what's is may 6th anything uh whew, i don't think so may 7th
0: is my mom's birthday happy early there we birthday, go mother. happy birthday jack's mother we're rolling we're rolling today yeah. i was thinking um before we get rolling with this because we're gonna do buy or sell on a couple things Uh, Next time I'm in New York, I would love if you gave me a Dan Bellino hand massage.
1: Are you in on doing that? Um, So what that is is... Yeah, you know you're going to have to explain what a Dan Bellino hand massage
0: is. Yeah, so, so you take my hand and you check it for substances, but you look deep into my eyes until I say, fuck you. Ah, that's that? the name of
1: the umpire, isn't it? Who screwed <laughs> over Madison Bumgarner. Yes it that's is, why Dan Bellino. You're so smart cuz you'll know umpire's names. Well, I'll understand the context, but now we're at this point where Madison Bumgarner got thrown out of a game. He they were checking his hand, but the thing is, I mean Dan Bellino, he's staring at him dead on and feeling his hand and it's clear something was said from Bumgarner to the umpire before and they were almost taking it out on him. And then he got pissed, said one thing. And then the first base umpire threw him out of the game. It was bullshit. So if you ever hear the term ump show, that's exactly what ump show
0: is. It's an umpire's show. Um, and, and what happened there, Codify pitching Ninja, Rob Friedman, Codify Michael Fisher, uh, and, and a couple others out in the Twitter sphere did a really good job of piecing everything together as to like why this could happen. Because the original broadcast was you got like the side view and you got Bumgarner looking down at his hand, then looking up, then looking down at his hand, then looking up, and like all of a sudden getting tossed. And it's like, what happened? Um, And then you get another front view where you just see Bellino like staring deep into Madison Bumgarner's eyes until Bumgarner noticed and locked eyes with him. And that video. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch it because I want you to suffer from the awkwardness that I suffered from watching that. That was one of the weirder videos that I've seen in recent memory. Um, And then Codify backdated it a couple of pitches. And there were two pitches in that frame where Bumgarner took exception to a ball call, even though both pitches were outside the strike zone. Bumgarner thought they were strikes, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, So I I think that was Dan Bellino, who wasn't even the home plate umpire. he was the first base umpire taking exception to Bumgarner taking exception and then just deciding to make it the ump show and literally seeking
1: confrontation with Mad Bum. Don't you think that the players on the field are going to be a little bit more riled up about each decision that happens on the field? It's not personal. They're going to be mad if there's a ball call that they thought was a strike or vice versa. It's not personal. Don't take it personal, umpires. And, and with that said, we make fun of umpires all the time with Angel Hernandez and and such, but there are have been a few umpires who have been doing an amazing job i'm seeing these umpire scorecards where it's one ball off out of 400 pitches in a game just unbelievable performances by some of these guys then on the other side there's some of the biggest idiots in baseball just making it about them for no good reason because as we know as baseball fans the most thing that we want to see is the umpires
0: Yeah, I I promise you this is the last time I say this for at least three days because I feel like I say this all the time. I am anti-robo-ump. I am so anti-robotic-ump. I am pro-vetting process. I think you should have the good umpires come through minor league baseball and get promotions, and the bad ones not have an umpire job anymore.
1: Here's my take on the robo-umpires. The robo-umpires have to be absolutely perfect. No miscalls ever. I don't want it taking a bunch of time. I don't want replay. If there is a robot with a box and it's, this is the strike zone. It obviously adjusts for height of Jose Jose Altuve versus Aaron judge, but you know, it digitally shapes the strike zone and it misses zero pitches and everything is perfect on the base pass. Give me Robo The moment we're dealing with technological issues, the moment we're still going to New York. To hear the replay, the moment all this stuff is happening, I'm like, what are we doing here? It didn't solve any of the issues. It solved that one missed call that you might have gotten that never really made that much of a difference, and we wasted all this time. So give me arms if it's perfect and seamless. If it's not, give me the people. Call me a dinosaur. I just like the human element of that. No, that's not a bad take either. I, and I would never shy away or tell someone, oh, that's a bad take for just liking the traditional yeah. baseball because then the day this is sport it's supposed to be entertainment it's supposed to be fun it's not all serious
0: yeah you wouldn't tell me lol bozo gtfo loser some would some would, and some will some will actually i'm i'm actually the opposite of a dweeb if i say we shouldn't go to the robot arms,
1: right <laughs> does that work I think, d- I think you're a dweeb either way and exactly why you're a dweeb well actually this is kind of cool but it is sort of dweeby you are no it's not sort of dweeby. i tried to tra- transition there Yeah, no, I can can tell you're
0: falling flat on your face. I think you got got scratched up. You might have a bloody nose. You fell flat on your face.
1: I (laughs) have been sick the past few days. I get a pass for the whole week. Talk to me about Luis Castillo and the fact that you are in Cincinnati.
0: I'm not in Cincinnati. I'm in Indy. Luis Castillo is a Louisville bat at the moment. Uh, Castillo just made a rehab start in Indy. It is his third and final rehab start of his MLB rehab assignment, or, you know, that's what the Reds hope. So he made one with high a Dayton. He made one with Louisville, and then he just made his second with Louisville yesterday. And Castillo, I'm just going off the top of my head, four and a third, three hits, no earned runs, seven punch-outs, two walks, 76 pitches, 48 for strikes. So, you know, take with that line what you will. Um, what I will tell you is fastball velocity. He usually sits 97 with it. He was 93 to 94 with his fastball mm. change up. You don't look at change up velocity often, but he usually sits 88 with that change up. And, you know, you dissect the hell out of Luis Castillo's change up because it's the best change up in baseball when it's on
1: eh,
0: um, one of them. One of them. Okay. One of them. Devin Williams. Uh, yeah, that's good. Um, but Castillo, you know, he, he sits around 88 for his career with that changeup, And he was 84 to 85, maybe even 83 to 85 with the changeup. We know that he is a serial um, late starter, right? He is he's one of those guys that needs to get acclimated. And I can't speak to the VLO. That might be a, a Colby Olsen dive that I send him on um, in like front half, second half um, velos. But I do know last year, you remember, he was one of the worst starters in baseball through the front half of the year. And then after the All-Star break, he turned it on. First 19 starts of 2021, he had a 4.65 ERA. Last 14 starts of 2021, he had a 3.18 ERA. So I think this guy's going to be fine. Um, he's going to join a Reds rotation that so badly needs him, especially after Lodolo went on the IL with a back thing. Um, so Castillo, he was spotting his changeup well. His fastball was sailing on him at times. It was a little bit higher than he typically is. Um, but all in all,
1: he looked good. They need him. They need him so badly. I mean, Jack, Jack, what if I told you that Tyler Malley currently 701 ERA worst in baseball? I was just on not gambling advice, talking him up with storm of how I think he's going to bounce back and I don't buy, you know, the bad start. And yet. Then he comes right back around and has another bad start. Nick Ladolo has been shaky to start. Hunter Green has been giving up the long ball. And then they got guys like San Martin back there. They have nobody right now. And as we're currently talking, they are 3-20, one of the worst starts in MLB history. Yeah. Um, we
0: were just talking about the 1988 Baltimore Orioles. They started 0-21. And, um, and We just mentioned – Cal Jr. was on that team, right? Cal Jr. was an all-star at that point. That was Pika Powers, Cal Ripken Jr. They fired Cal Sr. like eight games into the season.
1: How it, terrible. it takes
0: a lot for you to fire this the star players family. But, you know, that that was where we were at with the 1988 Baltimore Orioles. We're, we're not there. Uh, Raver San Martin is, is down with Louisville now. I have no idea how they're filling those starts, to be totally honest. Um, you, know, you
1: know who has been swinging a really good bat for Louisville, though, is Albert Almora Jr., I know. Well, we were talking pre-record about that. And I've always thought Albert Almora Jr., he's fast. He's got a little bit of pop. He's got some bat to ball and he can field really well. If you were to finally put it together, I mean, he's got five-ish tools. It's just can he unlock the hit and the power tool? Because that's the big thing.
0: We're kind of getting past the point of unlocking Albert Almora Jr. And by kind of, I mean, we're about five years too late on unlocking Albert Almora Jr., I'm an optimist. I, I know you shouldn't be. <laughs> um, but tell you what, this guy, four plate appearances on Tuesday night. Um, he put the first pitch of the plate appearance in play, and it had to be 95-plus exit velos each of those three times. So he went first pitch hunting, and he dialed in three hard-hit baseballs on the first pitch of a plate appearance. I was like, you know what? This guy's just trying to swing it right now. And, and there's no point in keeping him down. Like, there's zero point. Are you really opting for Tyler Naquin in this form over Albert Almora? Because you shouldn't be.
1: Yeah, but see, I was trying to be optimistic. Maybe he'll crack, you know, the team or maybe, you know, he'll he'll play well. But you're uh, over here being like, maybe he'll make the team. So how much more time should we really spend before we talk about by ourselves?
0: Zero. Let's talk about by yourself. <laughs> That's way more Reds talk than I was anticipating doing at this it's point. Plenty. It yeah. was plenty. I mean, they deserve it. You know, they're a baseball team technically, but you know, at some point, yeah, we, we about- promise people all 30 teams, but like, I think in terms of power ranking who we should be talking about, who we should be giving a little bit of time to um, I think Oakland actually lies below Cincinnati for me. I think Oakland is the team that I want to talk about the least. Uh, and then
1: Cincinnati is second to last at the moment. Yeah, I'm down to really talk about everything. I'm down to talk about the Reds because there are some exciting aspects. But they're just with Oakland, Frankie Montas will be gone soon. Sean Murphy will be gone soon. And that's Blackburn. Blackburn. <laughs> Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Right <laughs> All right. You ready to break into the first? Yeah, let's do it.
0: You want to go first or me first? You go first. Okay. Um, I'm asking you to buy or sell the Boston Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox at this point are 10 and 14. They're eight back of the Yankees who are the hottest team on the face of the earth. The Red Sox have a bottom 10 team OPS in Major League Baseball. That's my big concern. You know, looking at the roster, looking at the starting rotation and, and opening up my MLB app and telling me um, that, you know, whoever the hell is is starting for them on a Thursday night. That tells me enough about the rotation. That tells me enough about the pitching staff. Again, you know, Garrett Whitlock has been great. He, he starts tonight or he started last night. Um, but my thing with the Red Sox is you can't be bottom 10 in team OPS right now. You you cannot yeah. be with that offense and that payroll all allocated to the offense. That's unacceptable. And I'm buying this
1: down stretch for the Boston Red Sox. I think you kind of answered the question when you ask the question, I think we're both buying the fact that this Red Sox pitching staff is not that good, especially yeah. without Chris Sale. But on the other side, Jack, we're not buying this offensive drudge. We're not buying a bottom 10 OPS team. This team will finish in the top 10 in OPS come the end of this season. I mean, Bobby Dalbeck is hitting 147, 213 OBP, 235 slugging. Jackie Bradley Jr. is hitting 169. Christian Arroyo, even a guy who was great for them last year, 186. Kike Hernandez hitting 187. Trevor Story hitting 208. Christian Vasquez hitting 220. Alex Verdugo hitting 238. None of that will continue. All of those guys are going to be better. They're going to hit the summer months, and they're going to win a bunch in a row because they're going to have these months in June, July, where the bats get hot, where they're putting up nine runs a game. They may give up six, but they're going to be in the hunt at the end of the year. I am still thinking this is a Red Sox team that will be over 85 and a half wins. That's what I had originally. I still do believe that their offense has not been good, but they haven't bottomed out. And the pitching hasn't been dreadful. Hasn't certainly hasn't been good, but overall I still do believe that this team at the end of the year will be in the hunt.
0: So without looking at the ERA number, um, do you have faith in Michael Waka for six more months?
1: Of course not. But I don't. I don't. But he looks good. That's he's the got thing. a one three eight ERA through yeah. his first five starts. Th- that I assume will not last. But I don't think he's going to be the typical five ERA guy. So the, the bullpen has been pretty solid thus far.
0: Sawamora through eight and third has two earned runs against him. Sawamora has been fine. Whitlock has been electric. And I, I fully anticipate Garrett Whitlock to continue being electric. But Uvalde has been awesome. I think Uvalde is going to be the one. I have no idea what Chris Sale is going to look like when he comes back. This is back-to-back, you know, you're trying to work, you know, mid-season back from an injury that hampered you and honestly kind of restricted you throwing at all if it was a lower body thing or, or something along those lines, like I would feel a lot better about Chris sale than a rib thing. I mean, think about how hard that is to get back into throwing shape, trying to
1: come back from a rib thing. You know what I've been kind of thinking about Jack. I'm so done doubting these, I guess the all-time greats that are in baseball right now, not all-time greats, but we know who I'm talking about. Like Verlander, Kershaw, Chris sale, guys like this coming back from injury. They all look phenomenal you know Chris Sale is eating at the bit to come back to that Fenway mound. When he comes back, just like he did when he came back from the first injury, it took him a little bit to get going, but we saw vintage Chris Sale in the playoffs. We're going to see vintage Chris Sale again. I don't think this rib injury makes Chris Sale this three-five-four ERA guy. He's still going to be Chris Sale. I wouldn't be surprised if when he comes back, He has an ERA under three for the rest of the season. It's still Chris freaking Sale.
0: We'll see. Um, What I will say is, you've got Sale and Avaldi. It's the same conversation you can have with my White Sox right now, right? Cease and Kopech look great. Where's everybody else? And Giolito looks pretty solid too. But the White Sox at the moment are forfeiting. You know, granted Vince Velasquez looked fine his last time out, but um, you know, I you look at forty percent of the starts and you're like, gosh, I really don't feel good about this game whatsoever. For the Red Sox, I don't know how I feel about Hulk as a long-term starter. I've got no idea. I think he's more built as a swingman type.
1: Pavetta looks terrible. He looks full-blown terrible. That I was wrong on. I thought Pavetta would be good this year. He has not been good. Maybe he bounces back, but I agree. The stuff doesn't look the same. The curveball doesn't have the same bite. He does not look the same.
0: No, he doesn't look that good. I have no faith in Waka continuing this crazy five-start run that he's on. And then Rich Hill's a 370 RA guy at the moment. I think that actually gets higher. Like... I it's it's hard for me to buy into this rotation. And I if I was Heim Bloom, I was thinking, damn, you know, I, I wish I got one good guy as opposed to three mediocre guys and Paxton who's still on the shelf, uh, and Hill and Waka. Dick Walkton.
1: The Dick Walkton experience. Underwhelming. so far. Rich Hill and Michael Walker have been great. The the Dick Walkton experience so far has not been underwhelming. It's been great so far, but more like we elongated over a full season. What is it truly going to look like? I don't know if I think Michael Walker could have a good season. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility that he could. We're not talking a 1-4 ERA, but if he had a 3-8 ERA at the end of the year, and Rich Hill had a 3-8 ERA, and then it's like these guys aren't great, but they're not bad, and the offense should pick up. Jack, I just do not want to count the Red Sox out. I still think that they're going to go over 85 and a half. I still have my bet down and I still like it. I just thought
0: that I thought the Red Sox were going to be, you know, the type of team that feeds off of an ALCS finish and, and runs with it. And they have looked opposite that. So those are my thoughts. That's why I think the Red Sox, you know, might be a 500 team, might be a couple of games below that. So those are my thoughts. Who's your first uh, team we want to buy or sell on?
1: So I, uh, instead of teams, because Jack gave me some teams, I'm doing more divisions, and then we're both going to break into players. So we got a little bit of everything here. I'm going to talk about an entire division. Jack, buy or sell the AL West finishes the same way it is right now. Right now. The Angels are in first place. Yeah. The Astros are in second place. The Mariners are in third place. The A's are in fourth place. And the Rangers are in fifth place. Do you think the division finishes exactly like it is right now i do god that was hard that was hard. it's hard it's such a hard question because in reality you could you threw the angels mariners and astros just throw them at a wall and then order them in whatever way you want unless you have mariners one angels two astros three that's maybe not but you can make a lot of different combinations of those. And I wouldn't say that you're off. So uh, we were joking about Paul Blackburn before we got into buy or sell.
0: That's one guy that, that is a decent pitcher. I can't find one
1: decent pitcher for Texas. So John Gray, who John Gray is decent. He's not pitching like it. I'll give you that. Yeah, I
0: I mean, so who's
1: pitching better than decent right now? Martin Perez.
0: Martin Perez. Yeah. he had a, you had a perfect start for a little bit there. Um, And Glenn Otto through two starts as a, as a two, eight,
1: nine ERA, but John seven, five ERA. Glenn Otto ain't bad. He came over in the deal for Joey Gallo, that deal that the Yankee or that the Rangers got for Gallo, they gave away four prospects. We'll see how well that trade does for the Yankees.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Semyon looks terrible, right? Mm Semyon's played 23 games. And he's hitting a buck 63 with a 450 OPS.
1: That was my biggest surprise when I was talking with Arm. That was my biggest surprise of the season so far that Marcus Semyon has been so anemic at the plate. And and I don't know if you've done like a super deep dive on Marcus Semyon, but I did. And there's nothing that's even pointing to, oh, he's getting unlucky. Or, oh, he's hitting the ball really hard, but he's just, he's not finding the alleyways. Or he's playing a really good defensive shortstop, but he's just, the bat's not coming around. The defense isn't good. He's not putting the ball in the air. He's got zero power, no bat to ball. Everything looks putrid. Not to say that Marcus Simeon cannot come back and, and be great, but you're talking about a guy who finished top three in MVP voting, set the record for home runs for second baseman, is now a bottom 10 WRC plus in all of baseball for all hitters that qualify. There are so many hitters on the Diamondbacks right now. Yeah. Um, thing with Simeon,
0: So last year, his average exit Velo was 89.7. This year, it's 84.9. It's all soft contact. He's got the highest ground ball rate that he's had in in quite a little bit. Highest ground ball rate since 2019. Um, He's got the lowest walk rate since 2018. You know, this guy is like, I I I I feel him pressing, right? Do you Mm -hmm. almost see him gripping the bat a little bit tighter than he should be? Aram
1: thought he could be battling through an injury. He might be because he just you watch him he does not look right. That's the no. thing. He doesn't look right. And then the numbers aren't telling me anything that my eyes are missing. So when my eyes are like this guy looks like crap, then the 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 production numbers, you know like the home runs, all those produ- production numbers, they're not good and then the advanced numbers that could tell us a different story, they're not good either. Right. That's right. the problem.
0: Yeah. So I I don't think Simeon's hundred percent because Simeon, like last year, you know, you saw him in the box and it was like, all oh, right, you should fear him. Um, you don't have the fear factor with Simeon right now. And you know, that might just be knowing the numbers coming into it bad, but also just the, the posturing. It doesn't look like you should be fearing Marcus Simeon. So I I do think that Oakland finishes above Texas. I think Seattle is clear cut the third best team in that division. I don't think that they are better than
1: Houston or Anaheim. I know we, we, we were hoping Brash would take the a next step can't earlier. Throw strikes. Can't throw strikes. The stuff is disgusting. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if you can't throw strikes. Exactly. And that's the problem that the Mariners are dealing with right now. So he will not take the next step up probably this year. I still think he's going to be a pitcher in their rotation one day, yeah. but maybe not this year. Logan Gilbert looks like.
0: Gilbert, this is um, obviously the sub one ERA is fluky, but I don't think sub three would be fluky at all for Logan Gilbert. This I don't think year. so either. Gilbert's the guy um can I can I dance on your ashes a little bit on the Robbie Ray thing yeah. um dance I, on my ashes yeah because oh like you and really armor are pro <laughs> Robbie Ray uh I have been anti Robbie Ray and I was just talking with Clay Snowden for a while um <laughs> I don't I I don't think Robbie Ray is that good um and I didn't place much stock into a Cy Young season and I understand like You know, I'm I'm a big awards guy. We were just talking about that. I love my awards. I'm a huge awards guy. So Cy Young, I'm all the way in. You want a Cy Young? Congratulations! But that was the only good year of of Robbie Ray's career. He had an All Star season where he was walking everybody and striking everybody out, and the strikeouts got him the All Star nod. I I don't think this guy is as effective on the corners of the zone uh, as the other top flight pitchers in baseball. I think it was a drastic overpay for Seattle, and I think. You know, we're going to be looking back on this in five years and saying this was a bad
1: deal. Let me hold the brakes slightly because I understand 415 ERA. His baseball savant is as blue as possible. But can I say one thing? Is Robbie Ray right? Right now? Seriously. Because you look at his pitches, Jack. He was averaging 95 miles an hour in his fastball last year. Right now, 92.5. Slider. Almost 89 miles an hour this year, 86.4. The curveballs even dropped five miles an hour in velocity. Spin is down. Is he fully healthy? Because this doesn't even look like the Robbie Ray of last year. For example, if the Robbie Ray, if we saw Robbie Ray throwing 94, 95 again, 96 sometimes, but just location is off. And then I'm like, okay, Robbie Ray's back. But I don't know if Robbie Ray is fully healthy, considering he doesn't even look like the same pitcher. I don't think anybody could have predicted that he would drop about two to three miles an hour on his fastball and every single other one of his pitches would drop in velo and spin. I didn't see that happening. So I, I saw the same thing with Bieber. You
0: know, you look at Bieber's pitcher list and you see that his fastball velo is down, his slider velo is down. Um, fastball and slider spin are both down, um, but but he works around it. I think Shane Bieber is a lot more talented than Robbie Ray is. What would do that? Yeah, we knew that. And we know that Bieber can can bounce back from that and he can work around that. I don't know if Robbie Ray's 100%. I don't know why he wouldn't be 100%, I would say. Um, so I just have to assume full health. And, and what I see with Robbie Ray is he's walking guys at a 3% higher clip than he was last year. And I told you this command was not there to stay. He was at a 6-7 walk rate last year. He's at a 9-6 walk rate this year. And this is a 10% career walk rate guy. Um, and then his average exit below, by the way, also up two miles an hour from his, uh, from
1: his previous high. His the severity stuff, of contact higher than it's ever been. stuff is objectively worse. Yes. So I'm saying, give him a month. Then okay. you, can, you can dance on our ashes mid-season. I'm, I'm putting because my also I, there. Did I ever, what do you think my opinion was of Robbie Ray? Because are you saying that I think he could win another Cy Young? Do you think I can he, I said that he could repeat 2-8. I said I don't think he's an ERA over 4 guy or even an ERA under over 5 guy like he was at one point. I thought he was a 3-7 ERA guy. And so I'm I'm Did you was I think I was 3-5 to 3-7.
0: I think Let's you and RM said and low 3s. Yeah, I think you and RM said low 3s and I said no way.
1: We're going to go back and look at that. I think I was three five to three seven in that okay. range.
0: I think he's a four ERA guy.
1: Expected ERA three nine six. Oh, she's so <laughs> a four ERA guy. I just wanted to throw that to you. But let's, we spent so much time on Mariners uh, A's.
0: Yeah. So Angels. The, the reason I think Anaheim stays above Houston, I think Anaheim starting pitching is exceptional. I think the tandem of Syndergaard and Michael Lorenzen right now with Patrick Sandoval looking as good as he is. That trio at the top, and oh, by the way, you have Shohei Otani, who's making his way you know, through some stuff on the mound right now. Um, I think the pitching is as good as it's been in a decade. And Mike Trout, he's still, on the, he's still on the field. As long as Mike Trout's still on the field, the Angels can make the postseason and they can win the AL West. How about the bullpen? How about the bullpen looking Loop Lupin awesome? to para.
1: Yeah. And Archie Bradley has even been technically a pitcher. I mean, of course, you got Ross Taylor Glacius at the back end. Carvin Fools. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I love the Angels. You know, I was on the, if not now, when I've been this whole thing, why not now? I mean, you have the full team. And even a guy like Taylor Ward has taken this huge step forward. He's leading yeah. off the Angels, hitting bombs for them. Overall, the Angels are really freaking good. And as soon as you're dancing on my ashes about um, Robbie Ray, I'm dancing on yours about the Angels. So the, the only reason I think that the Astros have a fighting chance is because oh, they of the rotation.
0: Do. I, they think, do. I think I think Framber Valdez is – As elite of ground ball guys, we have right now. It's fromber and and Logan Webb, and that's the end of the list in terms of best ground ball guys in baseball at the moment. And then um, Verlander looks great. Don't forget Um, what? Don't forget Gosman. Oh, Gosman. Yeah. No, you're right. Mm.
1: Gosman's striking out a billion so guys. So fucking good, dude. He's so good. I'm he hasn't so walked happy anybody that he's yet. Good. I love that he was good because all these, all these TikTok comments, like Kevin Gosman's going to be terrible. Robbie Ray's going to be terrible. I'm like, why do you guys think they're all going to be terrible? Yeah, again? Listen, I only chose one of them to sign. Like I know. I said Gosman was good. <laughs> I thought Ray... both of them were going to be a little bit worse. Uh, maybe I said worse about. Maybe I said I thought they were going to be a little bit worse than last year, but still both really good pitchers. Interesting.
0: Yeah, no, I was I was way higher on Gosman than I was Robbie Ray. So I love that Kevin Gosman has proven me right here. But um, yeah, I, I think that Framber Valdez is one of the best ground ball guys in baseball. No doubt. Verlander looks great, obviously. Amazing. Luis hey, Garcia. What about would, my hot take? What yeah. about my
1: hot take? Verlander could win a Cy Young. He absolutely could win a Cy Young. Remember when I said that? I was laughed out of the room. Yeah, I do remember that.
0: I get I laughed out of the room for a lot of my of takes room. that end up working, huh? I think we laughed you out of the room because you walked it back immediately. You were like, I, he, he could maybe possibly kind of win a Cy
1: Young, like half of one. He could co-win a Cy Young. I one. did not use, I used the first three words you said, not the kind of half. I didn't use any of that. You, I cut you off at that three words. That's what I did.
0: <laughs> he, sort, he sort of kind of maybe could win a Cy Young. And, and we said, you know what? Stand behind it. But yeah, Verlander looks like the guy. Um, offensive reinforcements are I just don't think they're as deep as Anaheim right now but I want to go to my my next guy because Jordan Alvarez I think is has transformed into one of the best hitters in baseball I'm buying this OPS north of a thousand that he's got right now I'm buying that he's top five in the league in bombs at the moment and I'm buying that this dude's approach I said this with Aram I'll say it again this dude has shades of Triple Crown Miggy at the plate because of the approach, because of the ability to hit the ball to all fields. He is, um, I was watching, let's see, I was watching sports day. I was watching the the Blue Jays broadcast when Houston was in Toronto. And they said, don't be fooled. You know, this guy's one of the best powder hitters in baseball, but he's also one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah. This dude's approach on a pitch-by-pitch basis through the duration of an at-bat is next level. It's something that not many people replicate. And I think this guy is going to be one of the better hitters in baseball, a la Miggy, at the peak of his powers in Detroit, where he can hit 30 to 35 bombs. I think Jordan can hit 40 to 45. And he can also hit 280 with a
1: 370 OBP and have an OPS north of 1,000. So we better buy him because we've done two things with Jordan Alvarez. And one of them, and the latter one, I think maybe was wrong. The first one, at the beginning of last season, when we first started the podcast, one of the first hot takes we had, Jordan Alvarez will be a Hall of Famer. 500 home runs, could hit 280 for his career. Like that kind of hitter. Yeah, Jordan Alvarez, we still think we're riding, will be a Hall of Famer one day. But the second one was more recent. Jack, we called him the second best DH. He's probably the best DH in baseball over Shohei. Yeah, he is. Um, is. And we,
0: I think we felt obligated to put... Shohei as one because we couldn't
1: I mean how could you not
0: right like you're not allowed to put together top 10 positional rankings and not have Shohei as as one on either of them because he's he's the best player in baseball but he does both he's not the best DH he's not the best starting pitcher because Jordan Alvarez is the best DH in baseball and Jordan through 19 games has 18 hits eight of which being bombs 14 RBIs here's what I love the most 11 walks
1: and 13 punch outs Mm. I buy every single bit of it. We're on the exact same page. And we don't even need to dive that more, much more deep into it. How about this? We have this? been just preaching the Jordan Alvarez train since he became a player. How about this?
0: Jordan played two games in 2020. So it doesn't count that his average exit velo is 98.6. Um, he played 87 games in 2019, average exit velo in 92.8. He played 144 games last year, average exit velo in 93.0. 19 games so far this year, 96.1 miles an hour off his bat on average. 96.1.
1: He's one of the best left-handed hitters in the American League. He's one of the best left-handed hitters in baseball. Yep. That's where we're at. Kind of cool. Soto and you are done. I'll move on to my next one. More buy or sell. And and this is to the NL West. Buy or sell, does the NL West finish exactly how it is now? Dodgers, number one. Padres, number two. Giants, number three. Rockies, number four. Diamondbacks, number five. Do you think the Padres finish above the Giants? Yeah, that's the only question here.
0: It really is the question. Because the Rockies are better than the Diamondbacks, but they're not better than San Francisco or San Diego, and the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Both of the last
1: one. It was more, who do you think is going to win the AL West? Astros or Angels, and this one, who do you think is going to finish second? Padres or Giants? Um, God, it's hard.
0: It's hard to have no, dead air. No, it's hard I, to have dead air on a I podcast, like the, right? No, no, I
1: like the silence sometimes because it's thinking. It's gen, we're we're talking so much. When you know, go silent for a second. We are thinking. This is a, it's a tough decision. Yeah, if you guys are Spongebob people, if you know like
0: the two wires trying to touch in Patrick's brain, like that's kind of what's going on with me at the moment. Uh, I would say I'm buying it. I think San Diego finishes
1: above San Francisco. I will never bet against San Francisco ever. I think they might win the division too. God, no, they won't. (laughs) They won't. But I I think the Padres are really good. But we've seen this story before, right? Didn't the Padres get off to a hot start last year? if I'm not mistaken, but this is without Tatis. So that's something to note. And I think, oh, no, go ahead. No, and it's without Clevenger and Snell. And
0: Clevenger is back as of last night, and Snell just carved through high A, and he's on
1: his way back. Clevenger looked pretty good in his first start against his old team, too, in the Cleveland Guardians. (laughs) You would expect first start on road, hasn't pitched in two years against his former team. No, he shoved him down, and it's funny. The Guardians are one of the best offenses in baseball in terms of how many runs they've scored this year. It was I was very pleased with what I saw with Mike Clevenger, and I'm just in the boat where the Giants have proved it, and the Padres have not yet. So I'm going to say that the Giants finished second and the Padres finished third. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Padres so far. Yeah, I, I called that. I called that matchup "Dickhead Derby."
0: <laughs> it was Clevenger and Fleissig. Felt very good about that alliteration for me. Um, I, I'm buying what I see from them as well. And then I want to go over Rodon's line real quick. Um, Rodon in a loss to the Dodgers, six innings, three hits, two earned, three punch outs in six innings, and two walks in six innings. Um,
1: did you watch that, that outing? That was Rodon and Urias going head-to-head. It's funny. Uh, I don't know if you saw my text in the group chat this morning. I fell asleep. I think it was around the third inning. Laptop right. on, Giants Dodgers watching it just passed <laughs> out, so wasn't actually able to see the full start. But I watched the first couple innings. You didn't. Wh- what are you getting at? He was missing some spots. Yeah, didn't look great not? on the road against the best offense in baseball. He was he was missing upstairs with curve balls, but that's how good Rodon is against the best offense in baseball. He can go six shot six strong. Two runs against the best offense in baseball, dude. When he doesn't have his best stuff. When he doesn't have his best stuff. That's yeah. how good Carlos Rodon is.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think he had his best stuff. Um, yeah. But you're right. Yeah. You know who I'm in on, though, is, is Jock Peterson. I, I think Jock is legit. I'm very excited that San Francisco grabbed him. I was going to be super excited if Cleveland grabbed him because I think Jock Peterson in, in Cleveland would have been perfect for that offense. But Jock Peterson in San Francisco somehow makes more sense. Makes
1: so much sense. He's been so good. And all the advanced numbers, all the counting numbers, everything looks great. Um, his swing looks good. Everything just looks good with Jock Peterson right now. I know he's he's on the shelf. He's dealing with something. I don't know if it was COVID. I know the Giants got, had a huge COVID outbreak. That's also been the so problem. Cleveland. Like you look, yeah, you look at their lineup on a day-to-day basis with with the Giants – and you think to yourself, oh, there's nobody in the lineup. Crawford's on lineup. Belt's normally not in the lineup. But they still win. They're so good, Jack. They will continue to win, and I still think they're going to finish second in the NL West.
0: Yeah, interesting. Uh, speaking of which, Julio Arias is uh, the next guy that I want to buy or sell right now. Um, okay. Because we were just talking about that outing. Rodan, six innings, a two-run ball. Arias in that game, six innings, a shutout ball. Uh, he had four hits against him, struck out just four. No walks, though. Urias is throwing strikes more than pretty much anybody in baseball. And he's been doing so since the start of last year. That's why he's a 20 game winner. I love my awards. I love my 20 game winners. Um, But Urias, he pounds the zone. He doesn't get many swings and misses, but when he does get contact, it's soft contact. And he was getting barreled up a little bit at the early goings of uh, two nights ago start. Kind of, not crazy, but yes. Not crazy, but he was getting hit a little bit. Yeah. I think the way that Urias gets through outings is elite. And I, I, I think Urias
1: has taken the next step. I agree. I mean, we, we think he's a top 10 pitcher in baseball, no yeah. doubt. And one of the better ones and will most likely take higher leaps into the top five one day he's one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball and he outdueled Carlos Rodon yes it was at home yes the Dodgers have a better lineup and we ranked Julio Reyes number nine who were Carlos Rodon number 10 so that, that kind of ended up working out a little bit at least in the short term dude that so that
0: Dodgers Giants series for the next couple of years when oh. you see Rodon versus Urias or Bueller versus Webb or something mm-hmm. like that I mean there are some pitching matchups where you just see the headshots and you're like wow I'm in for a doozy tonight. Let's go. That's what I feel. That's what I felt when I saw Rodan in Arias, And it's been a little bit since I felt that.
1: What about Alex Wood, Tony Gonsolin? I'm good. (laughs) No, (laughs) No thanks. I appreciate the offer. It's funny, but both of them in their own right are pretty good. I'll I'll, I'll buy or sell something for you because I think Julio Julio is is absolutely top 10, no doubt, and will be making his way into the top five. I have to ask you about another guy, Jack. And this is, again, back in San Diego when we didn't really talk about him, but I really wanted to talk about him because right now he's the best player in baseball. Are you buying a Manny Machado MVP? Because he's leading the league in average. He's leading the league in hits. He's got a bunch of home runs. He's playing great defense. Everything about Manny Machado right now screams, this is the MVP season. And I'm not buying to say that, oh, yes, he's now my MVP pick. But how can he not be my MVP pick right now? Do you think he's going to finish top three in, in NL MVP this year, or do you think he's going to slow down?
0: You're asking the awards guy. Um, I, I do think he's going to finish top three in NL MVP voting. I think that this guy has been due for a season like this for a while. And Machado so far this year, he's got 33 hits in 23 games. That's ridiculous. Dude's hitting 375 with an OPS just over 1,000. Um, he is a career 280 hitter. Last year, he hit 278 with an 836 OPS. And that was 28 bombs, 106 driven. in. Um, this guy, you know, the, the power numbers are not necessarily there right now. Only four bombs for his first 23 games, but he's driven in 16. Um, my thing with Machado is, is the way that he impacts games in multiple ways. And if I had to pick an NL MVP at this moment in time, it's Machado. Mm-hmm. Now, whose meteoric start to the year? Do I buy a little bit more? I buy Nolan Arenado's a little bit more than I buy Manny Machado's. And I think uh, I'm on the I other think, side. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think Nolan, if the Cardinals win the division, I think Nolan's the MVP. Huh. But I think if, if both teams finish second in the division, it's going to be a toss up. I still think that Nolan Arenado is going to have the better statistical season at the end
1: of the year. See, I don't I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have the better statistical year because I think Manny Machado could hit 300. Manny Machado's got five home runs already, four steals. He's fast. And Manny Machado is just as, maybe a tad worse, but just as good of a defender, really. And right now he's in the 98th percentile and outs above average. I think that statistically speaking, offensively, Manny Machado will have a better year than Nolan Arenado. And I think the Padres will then have a better record than the Cardinals as well. And I think Manny Machado could be your NL MVP. But then again, one Soto is going to get hot again. And then we're going to have a one Soto summer where he has an OBP of 700. Yes. And then it's going to be like, yeah, we forgot about that guy in Washington. But then again, Washington, we'll see how they end up. Yeah, we'll see how they end up. Um, and we'll see what, what Philly does because Bryce Harper has not had an MVP type
0: start to the year. Arenado has more doubles, more homers, um, more RBIs, and a higher OPS. Machado yeah, was. but how many more of those things? Because you say more. It's like, what does he have? Six on runs a man? Not much, five? but small sample size. Like, small I'm saying they're, they're comparable starts. I don't think Absolutely. Machado is the runaway NL guy right now. And I don't okay. think Arenado's runaway. I think those two are neck and neck right now. And I'm team Nolan. You're team Manny.
1: I just think it's sick that they're both doing it.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just think it's so cool that they're both doing it. Do you have any more by Because I know I have one more. I've got one more. It's a team. I've got Atlanta.
0: I... Okay. I don't know how to feel like I genuinely don't know how to feel. I wanted to kick it to you because Atlanta's 12 and 15 at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're fourth in the NL East. They're not going to finish fourth in the NL East, but I don't know if this team can win the world series as currently constructed.
1: I think they can, because I think they just have they to did it last playoffs. year because <laughs> they did it last year. And I think if you give me a healthy Charlie Morton at the end of the year, with Max Fried and Ian Anderson, you give me that bullpen. And Kyle and Wright. Have, and, oh, Kyle and Wright. Kyle Wright, exactly. You give me Kyle Wright as well. This team is almost built for the postseason. Remember, they won 88 games in the regular season last year. This is not a team really built for the regular season, weirdly. You know, they're bullpen focused. Their rotation is good. It's not crazy elite. I mean, now with Kyle Wright, it's it's pretty damn good. Yeah. But they've also, I mean, there's been guys on offense who haven't, been doing anything at all guys like Ozzy Albies has not had a great start even Marcelo Zuna started off really hot has cooled off Adam Duvall is almost unusable at this point Ron Acuna Jr is hitting 200 and you know the only guy who's really been great for them is Austin Riley and Austin Riley is just freaking elite and that's Matt why Olson has been great really good. Matt Olson has been really at 295 404 505 slugging he's been really good so him and you're right I forgot about him Olsen and Riley have really been good. The rest of the team, not as much. But let's look at the lineup as construction. darnold has been great, too.
0: darnold has been great offensively. Yes. Defensively, he's not good. Yeah. Um, my thing is, you know, I look at this lineup, and I see the most top-heavy lineup in baseball at the moment. And, you know, we were saying that about Anaheim when they were fully healthy, you know, for the last couple of years, right? Because you got Trout, Otani, Rendon, and then after that, it falls off the cliff. Yeah. With Atlanta, Austin Riley, Acuna, obviously, Olsen and Albies is one of the better pairings of four bats that you'll find in Major League Baseball right now. But I don't think Ozuna is as good as the start indicated. I think Darno is going to fall off just a teensy bit. And I don't think Darno provides enough defensive value as a catcher. I don't think Dansby Swanson is going to have a good offensive year at all. Um, And then you've got guys like Adam Duvall and Eddie Rosario and Orlando Arcia and Heredia. There are not enough complementary pieces to the four big bats anymore
1: but the bullpen is still elite come playoff time i mean this team has to make the playoffs it's funny a team that has to it has to make the playoffs the feeling is that during the regular season they might be on the brink but i think when postseason time comes they're going to be the team that we should jump on and be like don't forget about the Braves because remember not only did they win in 2021 in 2020 They were almost in the World Series 2 against the Dodgers. I This is another team that until they prove me otherwise, I'm not going to go against them.
0: And we know that Ian Anderson looks like Pedro Martinez during the postseason. So, Max Freed and Morton and then Kyle
1: Wright, if he's on. That's the thing. I don't know when they're going to turn it on. When did they turn it on? What, Kyle Wright? No, when did the Braves turn it on? The offense has to get going. The offense just hasn't gotten going yet. They have two hitters in their lineup who are hitting as they should be. Travis Darno is another guy who's hitting above his pay grade right now, but it's not like he's impacting. I mean, he has two home runs, you know, he's five doubles, he has 14 Ks in 67 at bat. So he's been striking out a lot too. Dude slipping you know, singles left and right, baby. Yeah. Riley and Olson have been great. The rest of the offense has not been. I don't think that will continue. I am still buying the Braves as a playoff team and a dangerous one at that once they get in. But will they get in? Yeah, I'm worried they don't get in. That's the thing. I still do think they will be in the wild card because I think the Mets are going to win the division, but I yeah. think the Braves will be in it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. One more from you, right? One more for me. And this is, I want to ask you, you just threw it over me. I want to ask you, Michael Kopek looks awesome. Yeah. I saw him in his last start. He's 96, 97. He's got a hundred percentile dog in him. I mean, he does, yeah. but what are we looking at here? We're looking at a really handsome dude. Who's just, who just and he's just right there. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know, <laughs> use the your words. Use your words. If you're watching over YouTube, he's like right there, and then he's just mm-hmm. like, right? yeah, he's like that. And and then Dylan Cease is one of the best pitchers in the American League. He threw seven shutout against the Angels, struck out eleven, only gave up one hit. And one of my favorite moments of the season so far was Dylan Cease struck out Mike Trout on a pitch blown away. was like a 98 mile an hour fastball trout swung through it looked at the catcher's glove looked at Dylan Cease and Jack gave him this face (laughs) whoa what was that and that's coming from Mike Trout I know we buy Dylan Cease as a great pitcher yes my question is do you buy Dylan Cease as an AL and do you buy Michael Kopak as that three that the White Sox need I know Lance Lynn is coming back but you know that pivotal guy behind Gilito and Cease. I do. I do. Um I buy Cease as a Cy Young winner.
0: I think that the 2.48 ERA is going to pretty much stay put and I the dude is punching out 12 guys per 9. That's what Cease is going to do because he's got the grossest stuff in baseball. Again, when Arm and I had Michael Fisher, the founder of Codify on, I simply asked him, um you know, cuz usually you like doing like the frilly intro to questions, but when you know exactly what you're going to ask, you keep it short. And I said, How good can Dylan Cease be? And he just started laughing because, like, everybody knows he's got the nastiest stuff you've ever, ever seen. So that's Close. what Cease is. <laughs> Cease is 12 Ks per nine and a 248 ERA. Copeck is not a 117 ERA. Copeck is, is not, you know, it's, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard question because it's early. I do think Kopek is. I was gonna say he's not a sub three ERA guy, and I do strongly believe that. Um, I don't think he's a over three and a half ERA guy. I think he's a low three ZRA guy, and I think that's exactly what you need from a
1: three. See, I, I thought you might have asked me, "What do you think is ERA?" I was gonna say three five. I think he's a yeah. three five ERA guy. I, he might be lower than that, but I think, I think, it's he's, a, solid. I think he's
0: a three three.
1: Yeah, he, he he might be in that range with nine to ten strikeouts per game per nine. And it's interesting. I've been really impressed with him. Just like his, his bravado on the mound. He looks like a starter. I guess that was the main thing. He he has made this leap from bullpen guy to swing man, to starter. And he looks like a starter. And I'm so happy for him because when he's on, he is entertaining as shit. I mean, he's right at you. He's a younger, skinnier Lance Lynn in the (laughs) way that he goes at people. dogging him dogging him hundredth
0: percentile and and i know that um you know everybody knows that kopech has just been through this shit like just opted out he Tommy john that he opted out of 2020 for you know just he was mentally not there whatsoever so now he's come back and he's worked back from a swingman role where he was elite and you know there were questions like are you so good in your current job that you can't move him to the starting rotation things like that um, but it, Kopech looks great in the starting rotation. I think a lot of these numbers keep in place. I think a whip just over one holds. I think nine punch-outs per nine holds. Unfortunately, I think four and a half walks per nine also holds, but this guy That's hits per nine, high. 5.1. That's the thing. Not a lot of hits, a lot of walks for a starter, so he's not going to go as deep into games as like Cease. Cease. Yeah, exactly, but I think Cease is... is Turning it up a notch. Cease exactly. is, uh, but like kind of like old Cease, old Cease, like yes, last year I, Cease. He's got to go through the acclamation process like Cease did, and Cease is just a little bit farther ahead because Kopack had to, you know, miss two years. So, um, yeah, I think I think Kopack is good. Um, my big concern with the White Sox right now is the offense because the offense sucks. Look at the lineup. What is this lineup they're putting out there? I mean, no, it seems like nobody good's at it. Are you gonna get on me for Larry Garcia in the three hole again?
1: Yeah, of course I am. It's, it's another room to door situation with the Yankees.
0: Yeah. So I, we just had that brought up on the state of the division podcast, by the way, that's, that's the new pod. Think of it as the New York times daily podcast where we put it out, you know, every day. Um, and we've got the link in the episode description there. Uh, but Ryan Miller, who I do the AL central with asked me, um, what's up with Lauri Garcia in the three hole. Very reasonable question. <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. Yeah. Um, I, I called Tony Gavin La Russa. Sheets
1: and Engel and Berger. Uh, who are these people? I mean, they actually can perform a little bit, but it's just from it seems like from four to nine, there's no thump.
0: Luis Robert has had a down 15 games to start the year. So Luis Robert's going to be good. Joan Moncada is finishing up a rehab assignment with Charlotte right now. He'll be up. Um, Tim Anderson looks great. Andrew Vaughn looks exceptional at He's the moment. Awesome. He's awesome. Everybody else can get out of my sight. Eh, Jose Abreu. Uh, Abreu has earned my trust. Everybody else can get out of my sight right now.
1: When you lost Eloy, that was tough. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was tough.
0: You're right, Peter. You're sore. sorry, man. God.
1: I think that'll do it for this episode. I think we bought and sold enough stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm about to go to a concert by
1: myself. Is that socially acceptable? I would say that it is socially acceptable. I say we're at the age right now where if you do it and it makes you happy, society can suck it. It's going to make me happy. I'm going to go. I'm going to go get a cocktail
0: and I'm going to post up and I'm going to watch Leon Bridges perform. And I'm going to leave promptly after the show is over. And I don't need to worry about what anybody else wants to do after the show. Uh, This is an adult move for me. And I'm proud of myself for the growth that I'm making. I'm proud of you, too. Thanks. Plug all the socials, man. Just go ahead.
1: Give us a follow on TikTok and Instagram at JustBaseballFans and, of course, on Twitter at JustBBmedia. Check out Loop. That is our partner. They're giving us sports cards. They're doing all the breaks on the Loop app. Get that in the episode link description as well. And use that link. Download that app. Use that link to download so they know that we sent you. Join our group chat in Chalkboard. That link is also in the episode description as well. And, of course, you can find all of our written work at justbaseball.com it's almost a weekend
0: yeah hooray weekend uh we're we're handing out some some niche awards right on uh tomorrow
1: you mean Aura? niche awards it's it's been so opening day was april 7th on friday will be may 6th we're giving out our just baseball awards for the first month and i think with that thank you everybody